This is the Shift Podcast. On the Shift Daily Podcast, the internet has crowned him as Canada's John Mayer. Sean Bertram joins us and shares some of his music and relationship. Love lost. It's very sad and very beautiful, and the songs are great. Steve Stebbing is back and reviews the highly anticipated Candyman remake. He calls it a renewal of the classic character and a must-see this weekend on What the Hell Should We Watch This Weekend. Also, we check in with Nep. He's our favorite Trump impersonator, and he gets into character to react to some of Canada's election ads. Download and share the Shift Daily Podcast. That would be awesome. Since we were just talking about Nep, our favorite Trump impersonator, maybe we should uh, check in. Is this the 47th president of the United States, Tonal J. Trump, here? Hello, Shane. This is Donald John Trump. How are you doing? Hey, it's the 47th president of the United States. Uh, Mr. Trump, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Frankly, I'm doing great. Uh, You have some impeccable timing, sir. It's almost like maybe you have this place bugged. We were just chatting about federal campaigns. Would you mind contributing with us a little bit on some of the stuff's going on here? Maybe give us your insight from the outside of these Canadian amazing leaders that we have here. I sure can. I sure can. Look, I'm not going to say if I have the place bugged or not, but uh, we'll leave that up to you to uh, think about. I'll leave that to you. But I do want to say that you're absolutely right. I think these people are, you know, I think they're being let down tremendously by these leaders and the candidates. I mean, we need somebody in there like me who can do a much better job. Wow. Um, you, You would like to be the prime minister of Canada? I sure would. I mean, I already got booted out of America. So, I mean, why not? Why not? They need me. The Canadian people, they love me. Believe me. Well, I she was thinking about you just the other day because some of the campaign ads, you know, from the past and from today, some of them are not really nasty yet, but then some of them are, are very nasty by our standards. Uh, this one was taken out for you in your election back in 2015. So let's just get a reset on some nasty ads there, Mr. Trump, and then uh, let's get your opinion. Let's hear this one. I am a unifier. We're going to be a unified party. A phony. Donald Trump is the know-nothing candidate. Donald is a bully. This is an individual who mocked a disabled reporter. Ah, uh, I don't remember! Who attributed a reporter's questions to her menstrual cycle. Blood coming out of her, wherever. The most vulgar person to ever aspire to the presidency. The man who seems to only feel big when he's trying to make other people look small. Don't worry about it, little Marco. Gentlemen, the man is utterly a... He's got... He needs. He needs therapy. Uh, I can't believe this. The 47th president, Mr. Trump, uh, they called you phony. Are you phony? No, I'm not. I'm not. That's a fake news media. And frankly, it's shameful. It's a disgrace to me in this country. Hmm. I mean, that's good. Does that hurt at all? I mean, does it hurt your feelings to hear those people say that, you know, you're not okay and that you're, you know, kind of crazy and not qualified for the job that you did? Not at all, because I recognize I'm a very stable genius, okay? I'm a stable genius. And frankly, I think these people, you know, the phony, the frauds, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, I wouldn't hate for this to be fraudulent. Uh, that's for sure. Okay, so here is some of the nasty we have in Canada, Mr. Trump. Um, it's the nastiest we could find. It was produced in 2015 by the Conservatives as they tried to make Justin Trudeau, the current Prime Minister, look like he was a newbie. So listen to this and then give me your thoughts. Well, some interesting resumes we have here. Let's talk about Justin. I see he's included his picture. 
Let's start with the experience section. Nothing about balancing a budget or making a payroll. Didn't he say budgets balance themselves? And what does the experience section say about keeping us safe? Well, he wants to send winter jackets to Syria. Like that will stop ISIS? He's like a celebrity. He says things before thinking them through. So when has he ever had to make a tough choice? People, being prime minister is not an entry-level job. I'm not saying no forever, but not now. Nice hair, though. Justin Trudeau. He's just not ready. Pretty nasty, hey, Mr. President? You know, I think I think it's nasty for all the right reasons. I mean, too touchy with my wife Trudeau did, you know, frankly, I think he hasn't had much experience at all. I think the hardest decision he's ever made is whether or not to wear slippers or not throughout his house. Well, that is that is a difficult sum. That's a very difficult choice. Now, one of the things that's come up in all of these ads here, Mr. Trump, is that um, the prime minister's hair is uh, quite beautiful. In fact, uh, some might say angelic. Um, is his hair better than your hair? Because I know you put a lot of pride into yours because I remember you said, like, no, nobody touches my hair, right, except for Melania or something like that. So uh, is his hair really, is that the secret to winning? I was going to say, I thought, I think I have much better hair than he does. And, you know, I think that answers your question. I, I have beautiful hair and people say it's a toupee. No, it's not a toupee. If anybody has a toupee, it's going to be Trudeau. Okay, because it's not me. Frankly, I have beautiful hair and I think... I think that does have a lot to say about winning or not. Um, well, see, if your hair is so nice and Melania does it, is it possible that Melania does Trudeau's hair? You know, Shane, I think we're getting into uncharted territory with a question like that. I think that was a very <laughs> nasty question. <laughs> all right, all right, you're right. All right, we got to keep it. Uh, we got to keep it clean here and not have it nasty. I appreciate you being here, sir. So that's a that's a fair one here. Uh, here's one more clip of uh, of a. Uh, of an ad. Some people say this was very American of a bit of a goof that was on Twitter, Mr. President. So let us know what your thoughts are. We can't have just one old model. The year old video seems to show conservative leader Aaron O'Toole speaking in favor of two tier health care. It was tweeted by Deputy Prime Minister Christopher Freeland, but Twitter quickly slapped this label on it, flagging it as manipulated media. Canadians deserve better than that. Monday, O'Toole said he 100% supports Canada's public universal system, and he slammed the Liberals for the smear. Misleading people, importing American-style media manipulation to our campaign with, within the first 10 days. Uh, is that unfair? Well, there's two parts to the question, Mr. President. First of all, you have, is that American politics? Have we gone to become Americans? Is that what everybody wants here? Also, Twitter, your thoughts. You know, I don't think it's such a bad thing if everyone became American. You know, we're one of the best countries in the world, in the world, I tell you. So really, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think if everyone was America, we'd all get along very well. Do you secretly want to be Canadian, Mr. Trump? Well, uh, you know, you put me in a tough place with that one, a tough place. I've always very, very highly admired Canada. I think it's a beautiful country. I think, you know, it could be very cold, some would say. Uh, but yes, I've always secretly wanted to be Canadian. You know, after if I can't be an American, I would like to be Canadian. That's very nice. See, look at the guy has a heart. I think this is all right. OK, so this is one last ad for you, Mr. Trump. I know you're very busy and you probably have a tea time in the morning. So this is an ad from the liberals that is very painfully Canadian. Um, I want to know your thoughts. Let's hear it. 
In 2015, you voted for change. Together, we brought 400,000 kids out of poverty, stood up to Trump on NAFTA, banned assault weapons, and advanced one of the most progressive environmental policies in the world. When COVID hit, we came together again to protect jobs and ensure that every Canadian could be vaccinated by summer. Now we have to do more. Let's launch $10 a day daycare, create 1 million new jobs, and make sure every Canadian can afford a home. Let's keep moving forward together. Uh, first of all, let's keep moving forward together. That's Canadian, right? I think so. You know, I think ever since Trudeau, Trudeau, excuse me, very hard name to pronounce those Canadian names, you know, I think, I think ever since he came into office, things have gotten very, very progressive, really. I think yeah. that's the, the direction they're moving. And I think they need to move with a make Canada great again slogan. I think that would be very beneficial. That's very beneficial. Now, it was a little awkward there because they did say that, you know, clearly Mr. Trudeau stood up to you uh, as the Canadian prime minister. So I didn't mean to make that one weird. My apologies, sir. Did he stand up to you? He never stood up to me. He wouldn't stand a chance. Okay, he's a nice guy, but I don't trust him at all. Believe me when I say that. I don't think. No, no, he never stood up. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, the 47th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, for being here on the shift. Good luck with your golf game tomorrow, sir. Thank you very much. I'm going to do tremendous. This is the Shift Podcast. It's like I'm dreaming in colors I never knew existed. And the minute she leaves me, I'm wide awake. So now I'm begging for options to knock myself unconscious. Every now and then we get to meet somebody who is brand new to us, although not brand new. He's been making music for a little while, and his name is Sean Bertram. I'm excited to introduce you to Sean. Sean's kind of blown up a little bit in the land of the tick and the talks and uh, the online, and you start to hear more and more of these stories. You notice back in the day, it was MySpace and YouTube and all those other stars that are out there. So, young man who plays guitar and sings songs named Sean. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Very exciting time for you. Uh, Absolutely. Let's just cut to the chase. There is new music that is officially out. I guess technically it's as of Friday, August 27th at yeah. midnight. So it will have just come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a new song I wrote called Angeline. Um, it's off of my new album coming out next month. And I'm really excited to have it out in the world. So you, um, well, first I got to ask a question. Who's Angeline? <laughs> oh, um, uh, she's actually... Uh, Someone I dated for four years that I just recently broke up with, actually. Really? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Is Angelina aware that we're about to blow up her world here tonight? I th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You let her know that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I wrote the song um, while we we're still together, and then it was just kind of um, the song was a little bit of a premonition. <laughs> oh, really? Hey. Yeah. Ooh, maybe you manifested all of it. Maybe that's maybe the thing. I did. Maybe it was me. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it was you, buddy. It's a, <laughs> it's it's not me. It's you. That's the way that these things go. Um, well, I mean, without getting into the personal part of it, I mean, how do you go from writing a song about a situation and and then having it sort of come to life on purpose or by accident? How does that happen for a songwriter? Well, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a tricky situation. I mean, because of COVID. Um, the relationship ended up going long distance for a little bit too long. Yeah. And so the song is about what it's like to be in a relationship this long distance when you know how hard it is. So, uh, I guess I think we both kind of knew 
how it was going to end and that it had to end because it just couldn't keep going. Hmm. Well, this is disappointing. I'm in Calgary. <laughs> my, yeah. uh, my girlfriend's in Ottawa. And so it's been a year and a half for us. And yeah. uh, so I don't know if I want to continue. Like, I'm like, okay, Sean, you're out. <laughs> as long as you don't write a song about it, you should be fine. Should be all right. Cool. Uh, people call you the uh, Canadian John Mayer. How do you feel about that? Um, um, I like it. I mean, John Mayer is probably the biggest influence of mine. And I know a lot of people, oh, really? a lot of people think um, if they get called, you know, you're, or you're the Canadian this person or whatever. They're like, no, no, I want to be the, the original me. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I, cool. I I walk that line. I I wear it proudly. There's worse musicians to be compared to. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not the Canadian Gene Simmons or anything like that. So that's <laughs> right. Like, although it's base, I suppose. Um, if you could pick one word, Sean, because I mean, you're in and around Toronto. Uh, you know, you're you're chasing the dream here. The music's coming out. I guess you're probably excited about shows and opportunities to play in front of people again. That probably feels fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, how do you pick one word that describes what you put into your music? And I don't mean like describe the the music. I mean, your word for what you put into every single thing you do. Got to pick one word. What is it? Oh, um, maybe vulnerability. Hmm. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I try, I try to, make everything as me as possible. And I think honesty is a big, is a big part of that. So being able to kind of open myself up to people and let them kind of let them in. is a big part of how I want my music to be. Does it scare the crap out of you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Every single day. Cause that was a very confident answer. And I'm like, that would terrify me. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find, it, I mean, is it rewarding though? Because that's where you get to live into your true self. It really is. Yeah. Especially when, when it pays off <laughs> recently, I found a lot, have a, a lot of people thanks to, you know, um, blowing up a bit on TikTok, people getting in touch with me and saying how, how much their songs really resonate. My songs resonated with them mm-hmm. because of how personal they were and because of how, I guess, situational they can be. Is there a Canadian mentor that you keep close to you? Um, I mean, there are a lot of people, uh, like personally or, or well, either way, personally <laughs> or, uh, or an artist that you really have enjoyed their inspiration. I mean, there are a lot of really great people. Um, when I went to school at Humber for, for the music program, um, a lot of people I met there who really helped me out a lot. Ted Quinlan, um, especially, uh, Matt Manifold who, um, mixed and engineered my EP echo. He taught me a lot about how to mix and how to produce. And, and I consider him a really good friend. Um, but more on a grand scale of people I haven't met, <laughs> Um, maybe somebody like Gordy Sampson. You know who that is? I don't know Gordy Sampson. He's a, I think he's my favorite songwriter of all time. He's, he, he writes a lot of, um, most pop country hits that you'd, you'd, you'd heard. I think he wrote um, stuff like Jesus take the wheel and Paris and you were somebody like you and his, like his own original music that he has put out on, on a few of his own albums is just, that's just fantastic. And it's, and it's a lot of what got me into songwriting in the first place. Yeah. Well, I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, the craft of what you do is is quite nice. And I don't mean that from um, any other meaning. I think when we sometimes we say things are nice, we go, oh, nice. But I really mean it. When I've, when I've listened to your music, I went, that's just really nice. 
Thank you. <laughs> so I don't mean it as like, that's nice, right? Like, so right, sort yeah. of, <laughs> right? Um, I really mean that it's nice. And I'm happy to introduce you and your music to all of us and our community here on The Shift. So Sean Bertram, thank you very much for the time. Thank you for sharing your heart and your music with us. And will you do us the favor of uh, sharing when you release new things so we can pass it on? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, first of all, thanks so much for having me on again. I really appreciate this. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've got the, I've got Angeline coming out tonight uh, and that'll be out everywhere. Um, and then my, my next album, um, just self-titled Sean Bertram is going to be out September 17th. Okay. And how do we connect uh, to, with you directly? What's the best way? Um, you can find me on all sorts of social medias. Um, Instagram is best if you want to if you want to direct message me. I'm at, at Sean Bertram. Um, you can find me on TikTok too at Sean Bertram Music, or on my website SeanBertramMusic.com. Very good, consistent branding. I love it, Sean Bertram. Yeah. Thanks so much, brother. <laughs> Thank you. It's the Shift Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. Let's get right started into what the hell should we watch this weekend? And Steve Stebbing is here. Now, I would like to take this opportunity for Ryan to um, apologize to young Stephen, please. Yeah, Steve, I have, I do need to apologize. I owe you an apology. Uh, I am known as Typo Donnell, as I make many a typo, as grammar <laughs> is secondary in my quest of building good radio shows. Right. And uh, yesterday, in writing the promo for your bit tonight, I may or may not have spelled your name as Steve Stabbing. Ooh. I haven't it's heard that one up. since high school. Right? I, so, I have I'm heard sorry, it before. But, but also not yeah, sorry. That's fine. That's fine. It's threatening. I do have a horror movie this week, so it kind of fits. That's Perfect. what I was thinking, right? It might be, <laughs> maybe it's like the alter ego. This is your, uh, yep. um, your uh, Peter Parker of, right, of movies. Well, like, like Steve, the Steve Dead wasn't on the nose enough, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. Which is also a little <laughs> bit weird. All right. Uh, what the hell should we watch this weekend? SteveStebbing.ca is his website. You can go and you can check out all the things that he talks about with the movies. What the, how this works is Steve lets us know good, bad, thumbs up, thumbs down on the movies. And don't forget, we do have the Shift AV Club coming up soon. Let's get started with, oh, man, the scary crap first. Candyman. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster. It's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. 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 <laughs> Beetlejuice. 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 Tell us about the movie. Yeah, that's right. Say his name five times in front of the mirror. Um, I mean, almost 30 years after the original film came out, uh, executive producer and co-writer uh, Jordan Peele uh, has brought Candyman back in what uh, was at first called like a spiritual sequel. But once seeing the movie, I feel like this is like a renewal of that iconic character, bringing him back into horror, bringing him back uh, through the filter uh, of everything that's going on now. Because uh, Jordan Peele, with director Ania DaCosta, has made like kind of a, like a film that um, brings that lore of Candyman back to like a gentrified uh, Chicago neighborhood of Cabrini Green, uh, and the character who kind of be uh, is like an artist that 
the lead character is an artist that gets obsessed with him and kind of brings out uh, the chaos that is Candyman. And I mean, it has elements of gentrification to it, uh, cultural kind of erasure and exploitation, police brutality. I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie and it all helps to infuse a horror that feels uh, very real and, and very now based. And uh, I, I mean, the last shot of the movie just blew me away and it just, it's a gorgeous looking film. So I I'm really excited for people to go out and see this one. Unless you don't like scary ones and your friends bring them <laughs> to the show every week, then you might not enjoy it. Just standing up for the people who don't like the Most scary likely. things. All right. Next <laughs> on the list is vacation friends. Okay. Look, we just got a container. <laughs> only happened because you said see you later i said it without meaning it like any decent person would <laughs> and somehow he's charming my dad hope you're comfortable in a foursome as long as there's at least one girl involved <sighs> that gets weird john cena tell us about it yeah john cena's a busy dude i mean he just was in suicide squad just a couple of weeks ago he was just at SummerSlam fighting uh, for the championship there uh, I mean, just everywhere. But he does this raunchy comedy. Basically, it's about uh, Lil Ray Howery's character and his uh, girlfriend that go for their kind of vacation, uh, their their beach vacation, and end up becoming uh, reluctant friends with a couple of psychopaths played by uh, um, John Cena. And oh, I forget what this girl's name is. She was really great in, uh, in Search Party. Uh, but basically, they have just kind of a debauched weekend. And then seven months later, this same crazy couple crashes their wedding. Uh, and it's just raunchy, out there comedy, but it really works because uh, Lil Ray Howery is hilarious. Uh, he, I'm glad he finally got a lead. He's usually a sidekick, like he was just in Free Guy. Uh, he was in uh, Get Out and a few other films. Uh, but John Cena, comedy is this guy's wheelhouse. He just seems to nail it every time. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm here for every single John Cena role. Just like, just bring it on. Love it. He is quite amazing, and he's mm -hmm. another one like The Rock that has really graduated beyond the persona of the wrestler, but still yes. somehow embraced it at the same time. I was really surprised because I really thought that The Rock is lightning in a bottle, because he is. He's very much... Um, there's nobody to comp compare to him. So I felt like Cena was trying to do that thing, but he's kind of done it in his own way, and he's really mm -hmm. making it work. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised by it. Very cool stuff. Steve Stebbing, what the hell should we watch this weekend? The American Sausage Standoff. We should not have to put up with foreigners that wish us no good. So what, man? Jesus was an Arab. You love Jesus. Jesus was a white man. Was an Arab. Was a white man. He was a cool Arab dude, man. Hung out with prostitutes, drank wine. Hey, he did not. <laughs> a little debate. Yeah. So basically, this movie takes place in a little southern town uh, where it's basically almost lawless, except for one cop who just kind of silently keeps his eye on everything. But one of the major people in town is basically trying to make it his American dream, kicking any immigrant or or uh, anybody that does, doesn't look like a, a quote unquote American to him out of town. Uh, except for this uh, German guy played by Ewan Bremner that wants to make an authentic Bavarian sausage uh, restaurant in town. 
and that leads to a big standoff between the two hence the title the original title for this movie is gutterby which is the name of the town and i find it really hard to market the title that they have right now american sausage standoff um so it it really gets into a whole question of what title works and what's going to get eyes on your weird little movie uh because i I don't think this movie is as crazy and outlandish as the title would leave you to, to believe there it is the witcher is up next nightmare of the wolf see i'm a monster hunter phil babies and friends don't pay bills if you witches labored for more just call him these pleasures do not pay for themselves still abandoned kill whatever is murdering our people in the woods outside our college you'll take a chaperone too i have no intention of playing guide to you witch i know these forests Might have slightly underestimated you. Slightly. Cool voice. Yes. This show, I mean, the show that this spins off of is such a cool little show. It's a Henry Cavill uh, show that's based on the video game, the popular book series as well. Uh, And uh, it's... I I mean I I loved the first the, the the first season so much, but we've been waiting. I think we're waiting to the week before Christmas before we get a season two. So this is kind of like to tide you over, and it's an animated uh, movie. It's only about an hour and twenty, but it's like a prequel story. Uh, and this one is telling the story of Vesemir, uh, an a, a orphan turned Witcher, uh, in the early days of the Witchers, and uh, basically gory uh, monster fights and everything. Just every everything you expect from the series just in kind of an animated form uh and if you're a fan of like the the dc animated movies and stuff like that and want to see something a little more mature uh nightmare of the wolf is is definitely worth watching all right stevestebbing.ca don't forget the av club is coming up for you and if you miss it the good news is uh we will include that on our podcast as well okay let's move to the blu-ray the conjuring the Devil made me do it. A master Satanist is not an adversary to be taken lightly. She's doing it again. She's reaching out to the darkness. Lorraine, you need to come back. You're saving him worth everything you have. Because that's what it may very well cost me. Oh, that was it. Um, yeah. sorry. You know, when sometimes they like, they, they do this big build and then they're, they're like, gotcha or something. I just yeah. assumed it was one of those. Sorry. My apologies. <laughs> More horror. I mean, it's just, you just can't escape well, it. <laughs> well, yeah, you actually, but, you can. Um, you just don't watch it. That's true. See, I, that's true. Scary movies for me. This is where Steve and I, scary movies for me. I don't get it. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. Steve is like, yeah, bring on all the scary. For sure, for sure. And I feel like out there somewhere, there's like a bridge between our worlds, Shane. Like, I will find <laughs> the there? movie that'll be a bridge to the That's genre. scary enough that yeah. doesn't scare me, but still that, has that, enough gore in it. Yeah. Or or that, that, that resonates with you enough that you're like, hmm, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Oh, no, I like your movie choices. It's just the scary ones. I'm like, this is crazy. I just don't know. I can't be alone in this, Shift Heads. I can't be all by myself. No. Um, no. 
the conjuring that's what we were talking about yeah and i mean this is uh i, I mean it's the warren it's like a continuous story in the warrens uh, uh leslie and uh sorry leslie uh <laughs> why am i saying that um sorry i got their names completely wrong ed and lorraine there we go uh and uh true ghost hunters uh that james wan has adapted their stories into now a trilogy he steps away from uh beyond the behind the camera for this one and i think because of that it's a little bit of diminishing returns when it comes to a third film uh but it's still a lot of fun it still has all those kind of uh ghostly scares that you want and uh i mean this one's more of a possession film so it's got that whole exorcist angle going for it as well you know it's funny about the scary things i watch the paranormal mm. tv shows all the time and i can watch them before <laughs> bed i and yeah. all of them and they have a lot of boo scare in them but there's something about yep. it that i'm okay with the ghosties i'm not okay with the guys with chainsaws I, you know <laughs> you're, you're okay with zach baggins and his crew but everybody well else. like i yeah i mean i'm okay with the real the real ghosties it's the fake ones that scare me <laughs> <laughs> next on the blu-ray this is lansky little juice sides Choose opportunities. Make him feel it, Benny. No. They still consider you part of the underworld. We were the underworld. We were the overworld. Lansky has $300 million squirreled away, and we want your help finding it. Sounds like a bad cop. Lansky. No, it's basically he's um, it's the last ditch effort of an of the FBI to try to bring this guy in played by uh, Harvey Keitel in a great character performance uh, named uh, Meyer Lansky. And uh, he is thought to be the notorious boss of groups uh, of a group named Murder, Inc. or uh, the National Crime Syndicate. And uh, this is like the last chance they can they can get any sort of confession out of him. So uh, it's basically an interrogation movie between uh Kaitel and Avatar Sam Worthington who he hasn't appear in a lot of movies these days so it's really cool to see him show up every now and then uh and unfortunately their performances are a lot better than the script in this movie really yeah it's oh. you can only do so much right you can only do so much lipstick okay on tv on netflix <laughs> clickbait is not a confession. It is a death threat. Enough! Has Nick ever been violent? It's a long way down. As you can see, those messages are damning. Where did you even get this? How should we be interpreting the Nick Brewer video? You shouldn't be going through this. None of us should. Sounds cool. Sounds big. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a limited series. Like, I don't see it going beyond uh, a one uh, one season. But uh, basically, it has Entourage's Adrian Glorenier as a family man who is kidnapped uh, by a, a secret group, and uh, basically, the video is posted on the internet, and the and it would determine the amount of clicks would uh, signify his death. So, while his family is busily trying to save him behind the scenes. Uh, the public and the media is kind of deliberating on whether he is worth saving. Uh, so it's an interesting little series. Uh, I'm only a couple of episodes deep so far. I like it. I just I don't know what the longevity is and if they can wrap it up satisfyingly. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I um, 
that I, I just started watching tonight that I couldn't really stop. I had a hard time to leave it to come do the work tonight was that show Legend on Netflix. It's the uh, identical twins of Reggie and Ronnie Cray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was, uh, that's pretty good too. I know it's a little off topic, but I really thoroughly enjoy it. I was surprised. I'm like, I got to watch something. Yeah. What am I going to do? This looks all right. Turn it on. And I'm like, oh crap, I got to go to work. And they've done that story before too. They did it in the late '80s, and it was called the Craze. And playing the twins was uh, Spando Ballet. Mm-hmm. The 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 two artists from Spando Ballet were playing the Craze mm-hmm. in it. And it's, really, it's, eh? it's a weird, a weird microcosm of a movie for sure. Overtime for Steve Stebbing. SteveStebbing.ca, by the way, and the Steve Dead. Uh, those are the two places you can get them on the Twitter and online. It is time for us to get into the Shift AV Club. Ryan O'Donnell, off to you. The tiny wheel is upon us, my friends. It's AV club meeting, classes in session. This is the part, this is my favorite part of the entire week. This is when we all get together, we sit down, and we pick a movie to watch. And we give ourselves a week, and we come back next Thursday, and we all review the movie together. We get to watch a movie. We get to be a part of a movie. It's going to be sweet. Now, last time on the Shift AV Club, we took a look at the good old-fashioned world of good and bad superhero movies. We watched Green Lantern. Thoughts were shared. Now, however, (laughs) different story. There is a new theme that has been put onto, onto the tiny wheel, and that theme is his not not historical, but epic movies. Movies that are enormous in scale. Uh, whether it's you know uh, an event in history or a crazy big sci-fi adventure, that is the theme of today's wheel. So I'm going to give you the list here of some of the movies that we could be watching before the tiny okay. wheel spins and picks just one. Master and Commander, 2003, with Russell Crowe. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, starting off with the original. The Kingdom of Heaven, Ridley Scott movie. Uh, We recommend the director's cut. It's okay if you watch the normal cut, but the director is way better, but it is like three and a half hours long, so just keep that in mind. (laughs) 1917, 2018, 2019, 2019. Uh, World War I epic movie. Troy, Brad Pitt. Can't go wrong. The Last Samurai, which uh, I've, I've seen many times, but I didn't want to take it off this list in case you haven't seen this movie, starring Tom Cruise, my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Braveheart with Mel Gibson. Apocalypse Now. Avatar, not the really bad uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, the James Cameron sci-fi epic. The English Patient, different kind of epic. Ben-Hur, one of the big epics of the 60s the tree of life uh existential movie that'll make you question life and forrest gump <laughs> so there's a lot of different movies on this list that's so, a long list man it doesn't sound like a, a very tiny wheel to me the tiny wheel has been stretched a little bit so i think it's about time let's let's bring well, out what, wait 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 just wait i hey i mean if can we like can we allowed to influence the wheel at all in any way no what do you mean? Well, I don't know. You know, because I love that song, the uh, the um, the Ben Hur song. You know that song? That's the Ben the Ben Hur song. You know the Ben Hur song? Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> this was playing as the chariots were racing around the stadium. Yeah, wow, right? Ben Hur? No? Oh my god! It's a brilliant stretch. It wasn't that, no? That if, wasn't it? I swear, if the wheel lands on Ben Hur, I'm gonna. 
I get a. I don't even know what I'll do. You got to choose the remake. We got to choose the remake. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm good. All right. Anyway, as you were. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Brendan, do me a favor, buddy. Let's bring out the tiny wheel. The tiny wheel actually does have movies. It's so cute. No one seems to mind. Okay. Well, it has many movies on it, but without further ado, let us spin the tiny wheel. Yes! Oh. <laughs> I was really hoping it would land on this one. Oh, no. This week's film is the 2003 epic, historic, well, kind of historical movie starring Russell Crowe. This is Master and Commander. <laughs> Just in full transparency, uh, both Steve and I were really hoping it would be this one. I have never seen it. I've always wanted to watch it, so this is cool. And Steve, you were a fan of this movie when it came out? Yeah, I was like, and I was like not in the age category for it at all. And I really liked it. And my friends thought it was like horribly boring. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like my, I'm like mind melding, like influencing the tiny wheel yeah. because like the last, I mean, the, there's, there's been a few where I'm like, I two. hope it's this one. And then it was that and like dodgeball on and one. now this one. So oh, I'm rocking it. I'm loving the tiny wheel. We're in simpatico, you know? Right. It's incredible. Okay, well, uh, I do have a trailer of all the... Okay, I'm going to try... The trailer is ready to go. This movie is essentially about a British Navy commander who is being chased by, I believe it's the French during the Napoleonic Wars, out on the open sea. It was filmed literally on the ocean with real ships. It's a crazy big movie. Let's get the trailer. An act of war will cripple them. With basic repairs, we can get home as we are. We're not going home. The power of nature will threaten them. Our enemy has more than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And we are supposed to stop them. Torn between fulfilling his duty. Captain's not called Lucky Jack for no reason. Phantom or no, Lucky Jack will have And the lives of the men he commands. Steady! He must face the invincible. He fights like you, Jack. A hunter becomes the hunted. Well then, there's not a moment to lose. I'm pretty excited. I got a weird mm-hmm. thing I noticed. The voice Russell Crowe does in this movie is the exact same that he does when he plays Superman's dad in Man of Steel. <laughs> exactly the same voice. That's weird. Wait, uh, Russell anyway, Crowe is Superman's dad? Yeah, yeah in the Man of Steel. In Man of Steel. Uh, yeah, he's I amazing know. as Kal-El. I feel fantastic. Like, or Jor-El, sorry. I feel like I belong. Uh, I don't understand now, this fancy talk you guys have. Let me just double check. <laughs> I know I have all of these movies. Are Yes, so you can check this movie on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus uh, or you can rent it from most places for $4.99 if you do not have it available. If you can't watch it with us, uh, no worries. Check in next week. We'll give you all the details to let you know if you should watch it. And uh, please join in with us. Bring your thoughts next week. Uh, It's going to be an epic, if you will, episode of the Shift AV Club. I feel seasick. Um. Uh, Brendan Kelly, uh, you, how are you going to watch this movie, Brendan? I guess I'm going to have to rent it, but only <laughs> through legal means will I watch this movie, as everyone should. You don't want to be a pirate on the ocean. No. <laughs> well done. Arr! Arr! All right, Steve Stebbing, thanks very much for being here, brother. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.